नमस्कार कमिंग टू द टॉपिक स्टेट अवे as has been has uh, been introduced as an activist kashmiri activist but i would like to uh, mention it here i am a kashmiri activist but i look at it kashmir in the uh, overall nationalistic indian perspective because i firmly believe kashmir uh, jihad is not about just kashmir it's about the same gazwai hind crusade that began 1000 years ago 1000 years ago with the occupation of uh, sind by mohammed bin qasim and uh, india has been suffering for all these 1000 years we have been suffering we remained occupied by muslim invaders occupiers for about 800, 800 years followed by colonial uh, uh, britain and then portuguese we we had also had some time french uh, interventions so uh, uh, this is a continuous process but the but the most uh, uh, impressive thing about this occupation of more than 1000 years of india is that hindu resilience that comes out to be so great because despite having been occupied for such a long period of time uh, unlike most of the countries in the world we still remain aboriginal hindus in india 85% plus that's that's a great compliment to hindu resilience and also don't forget over all these 1000 years there has been a continuous resistance against foreign occupation against conversion against uh, genocidal process genocidal process that has been on uh, against hindus for the past 1000 years so there have been little small wars happening all across india we are never taught about it our ncrt our left nehruvian uh, historians never teach it and uh, teach us in our colleges in our schools so we need to be proud of it same thing happened in kashmir but our our agony our agony began a bit later 700 years ago we repulsed mohammed bin ghaznavi for about two times he tried to uh, invade kashmir and capture kashmir but yes we hindus fought against him and uh, it was for about uh, uh, he didn't succeed in kashmir and eventually he 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 stopped even attempting it and he decided to focus on somnath which he ravaged so many times uh, thereafter our uh, agony began in around uh, in the beginning of the 14th century uh, shahmir a fugitive from what's now north waziristan area of pakistan he came to kashmir to seek refuge and at that time as was prevalent in rest of india we were going undergoing those palace intrigues and uh, this man managed to enter the power circles of then kashmir and uh, ultimately uh, ultimately uh, snash power became the first uh, muslim ruler of kashmir in i think it was uh, 14 uh, 1345 or 1330 1340 and that was the beginning of the genocidal process that kashmiri hindus have suffered since then it was in uh, about uh, i think uh, for, uh, then we went to we 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 fought i'm quite proud of my ancestry that who gave a stiff resistance to uh, islamist invaders in what's the occupation in uh, islamist occupations of kashmir and that's why we survived despite having been under occupation for 700 years and being to geographically cut off from mainland india we uh, survived on our own but there have been attempts in between to seek uh, seek uh, support from the mainland india so in uh, uh, 13 i think it was 
Anandpur Sahib, before Anandpur Sahib. Uh, we, we, we came and met Guru Teg Bahadur in Anand, Anand uh, yeah, it was in Anandpur Sahib, 1675, a delegation led by Pandit Kirparam Dutt came to uh, seek help from Guru Teg Bahadur. And then uh, historical fact that Guru, Guru Teg Bahadur, how he, say, how he offered his self-martyrdom in the, in the name of protection of Hindu Dharma. And uh, Kirparam Dutt, incidentally, he did not go back to Kashmir, uh, to Kashmir. He chose to become a Khalsa. He stayed with Guru Gobind Singh and uh, uh, achieved martyrdom fighting uh, Islamist Mughals uh, in Punjab. So then uh, we continued, our resistance continued, prosecution continued, genocidal process continued against Kashmiri Hindus, the abortionists of Kashmiri Hindus. Then again, another attempt was made uh, during Maharaja Ranjit Singh's period. Uh, our, one of our then a Kashmiri Hindu uh, activist leaders, he went and sought uh, help from Maharaja Ranjit Singh. Uh, and uh, Maharaja Ranjit Singh did send his forces to Kashmir, and uh, that's how Kashmir became part of Sikh Empire. Then we began uh, when the uh, Sikhs had some problems with the uh, Sikhs lost their war against uh, uh, the English. So in 16, there was this Lahore Agreement of 1846 when uh, Kashmir was uh, given as, uh, in terms of war indemnity, uh, uh, the British acquired Kashmir from the Sikhs. And then in 1846, under Amritsar Agreement, a week later, the English uh, returned this Kashmir to Maharaja Gulab Singh, the Dogras. In, again, in lieu of war indemnity that pay, was paid by, which was a process. And unlike the, unlike the uh, 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 lies and propaganda spread that Kashmir was sold, Kashmir wasn't sold. It was, it was a practice that time to pay war indemnity. And the, uh, the, the, the colonial English, they sought this war indemnity, indemnity from uh, Dogras, who paid the money and, uh, and uh, acquired Kashmir in, in lieu of that. So, and it wasn't only Kashmir, it was many more areas that are now in Himachal Pradesh and in uh, what is Pakistan, uh, in certain areas in Pakistan now. So that's the first lie that keeps on uh, propping up whenever there is a discourse in Kashmir that Kashmir was sold, Kashmir was never sold. In fact, Kashmir could never have been sold. I believe if, you, we, if we ever talk again about it, I'm not a historian, I'm not a statistician. I only speak, analyze and try and give a perspective of in terms of contemporary uh, narrative, uh, to build a narrative about Kashmir, because uh, Kashmir is not, uh, was never part of India only because of Article 370 or 35A or because Maharaja Hari Singh acceded to India. Kashmir is, I believe, fountainhead of India's Sanatan civilizational ethos. I, uh, I uh, often say it, uh, and I want to repeat it here, Kashmir ke kankar, kankar mein shankar hai. Kashmir ke bindu, bindu mein ganga jal hai. If at all, if at all, if you go into the history, the lot that we claim to be, we take pride in our Sanatan Sanskrit civilization of India, you'll see there's a huge contribution from, uh, from, from Kashmir. And even there, are, there, there is a school of thought that even Kalidasa was born in, born in Kashmir. So uh, coming back to the politics of it, coming back to the Muslim uh, destruction of uh, Aborigine attempts to destroy the Aborigine civilization of 
Kashmir by the occupiers, Islamist occupiers of Kashmir. So began the process. So when Dogras took over, and it was it continued uh, for about 125 years from six from Maharaja Ranjit Singh to Dogras, and then till 1947. And I say, uh, just for reference, they say Islam was adopted by people. For people who read history, who are interested in knowing the facts, I would like to point it out. How many Hindus were converted in this period of 125 years since the arrival of Sikhs in Kashmir in uh, uh, Maharaja Ajit Singh's forces? None. In fact, there began the process of uh, Garwapsi was started by Kashmiri Hindu saint volunteers. We have Swami Ramji, we celebrated his uh, Jayanti very recently. He, I call him a saint. Uh, he was a revolutionary saint. He was the one when, of course, there were there were problems in overall Hindu community to not to accept those who had converted to uh, Islam earlier. There was a resistance all across India. But this Swami Ramji, he ensured that Kashmiri Hindus were accepted back to the Hindu fold who had converted to Islam under duress. So that that process instead began it with the arrival of uh, during the uh, rule of Sikhs and then followed by Dogra. Maharaja, Maharaja Godogras was the most secular uh, Raj empire in whole of, amongst whole, the whole of uh, uh, princely states uh, states of India. It was a very progressive uh, regime. Maharaja, Maharaja uh, Hari Singh had fifty percent Muslims and fifty percent Hindus in his in his in his army, and he would always claim, "My dharma is my people." The people of people of Kashmir were his dharma. He would always claim, and uh, History has tried to create a villain out of Maharaja Harit Singh, but it's, 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 it's very untrue. And I always say last word has, is yet to be written on Maharaja, Hari, Maharaja Harit Singh. He, he, did not, he did not, unlike the propaganda that's again spread by these Nehruvian Congress-based uh, historians and uh, academicians that Maharaja uh, Harit Singh did not want to accede to India. It's a lie. It's in the uh, Roundtable princely, uh, Princes Conference in London. He claimed there that I am an Indian. I'm a proud Indian. That what irked those people who wanted to continue to retain that kind of Muslimhood in Kashmir because of uh, political expediency. So accession happened. Just before accession, a brief uh, account of when Ma Ma Mahatma Gandhi uh, reportedly saw a ray of hope in Kashmir. By the time Indian army arrived in Kashmir in 1947, after the accession, the whole of occupied, what is now occupied Jammu, Kashmir and Ladakh was cleansed of non-Muslims. There's not a single Hindu, was, Hindu or Sikh that was left in occupied uh, Jammu, Kashmir by Pakistanis. And yet, Mahatma Gandhi chose to see uh, ray of hope in Kashmir, and we are always thrown this at our face. Those very Islamists of Kashmir that look uh, the fact what Mahatma Gandhi said, but that's again, again was a political statement, totally ignoring the fact that Jammu Kashmir occupied Jammu Kashmir was cleansed of non non uh, non Muslims by Pakistani uh, Pakistani army Pakistani uh, Pakistani uh, raiders. So, which. Got India got freedom 1947. We got freedom 1947. India, Kashmir acceded legitimately to the Indian Union. But again, the forces in Kashmir 
and the forces there in Delhi tried to play with the destiny of Kashmir. I always say it was not, uh, it was not, Kashmir was not uh, manipulated and it, it has cost India heavenly. This was the lack of statesmanship, lack of political will in the leadership of India in 1947, 1946, 1947. When two-nation theory of Jinnah, which was what? It was about supremacy and exclusivity of Islam. It was about Hindus and Muslims. Hindus and Muslims cannot live together. Congress, Congress says that we do not uh, accept Jinnah's two-nation theory. Yet, they acceded to Mo uh, Sheikh Mohammed Abdullah's demands to create the same Islamist environment in Kashmir, same Islamist system in Kashmir, same Islamist exclusivity in Kashmir, right under secular watch when Article 370 was granted to Sheikh Mohammed Abdullah. And uh, let me again uh, refer, because very important, today you see at Shaheen Bagh, Islamists uh, and uh, Ambedkarites getting together uh, and raising voice against CAA, which was what? I, as a Kashmiri Hindu, can imagine what we suffered right under India's secular watch in independent India. In 40 years after independence of India, Kashmiri Hindus suffered genocide in 1990, you can imagine the plight of Hindus and Sikhs that Nehru and Congress abandoned in Pakistan in 1947. Poor Hindus and Sikhs who could not make into the mainland 19, in 1947. We literally abandoned them to the mercy of Pakistani Islamists, knowing that Pakistan was created, was created for uh, exclusively for Muslims, knowing that uh, the, 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 what, what, the, what was witnessed in the streets of Lahore Hindu and Sikh women were made to uh, made to dance naked on that typical Punjabi dhol played by uh, this uh, Pakistani uh, jihadi. Despite that, we left those poor Hindus and Sikhs in Pakistan. And CA was to grant right to life and destiny, life and dignity to those Hindu and Sikhs we abandoned in Pakistan. We were trying to compensate for the sins of Congress of when they did it in 1947, just forgot about Hindus and Sikhs uh, in, pa in Pakistan. And these Ambedkarites, Islamists, and so-called left liberal got together at Shaheen Bagh to oppose CAA because that was to grant, to, 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 to ensure some kind of dignity to whoever is left in Pakistan. 24% was the population of Pakistan of Hindus, uh, Hindus and Sikhs in 1947. And today it is reduced to 2%. And there is not a human right voice talking about why did these Hindus manage. So I am not surprised they are not talking about that because they are not even concerned about what happens to the Hindu. Hindu lives do not matter in secular India as well. So when Ambedkarites raised their flag in the name of Dr. Bhimrao Ambedkar at Shahinbagh, that's again a farce. That's again a fraud to play with the sentiments of, of a particular one segment of Hindu society. Because when Dr. Bhim Rao Ambedkar approached to accept Article 370 in the Constitution of India, can you imagine what were his words? He said, I will not allow this betrayal of my country by, through my hands. He refused to accept it. In fact, when there was debate in the Constitution Assembly of India on Article 370, Baba Rao Ambedkar, uh, he, he he boycotted that session of the parliament, parliament of India. He was a statesman. He was a statesman when they 
come together, Ambedkarites come together with Islamists, which is a which has a historical context, because Ambed so-called Dalit leaders tried to uh, tried to collaborate with Muhammad Ali Jinnah. If I don't know whether many Indians aren't aware of it, the first law minister of uh, Pakistan was uh, Jogunath Mondal. He he was he was a partner of Muslim League, and then it's a, it's again history that man suffered so much, uh, so much. Indignity, and he was humiliated by uh, a Muslim League in 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 so-called independent Pakistan. That he left, he fled Pakistan and uh, died an unknown death in Calcutta later la later on. Because at the time of 1947 war, when Pakistanis were at war with India, the first Kashmir war with Pakistan, this Jogunath Mandal Vidlong was not allowed even presence in cabinet meetings of Pakistan. And you go, let me also bring it to your notice when we are talking of CAA. Uh, just briefly, the, the 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 Dalits of Pakistan who wanted to come to India, they were not allowed by Pakistani authorities because they were told, "Agar ye log chale jayenge, to Karachi ke gutter kon karega." And we Hindus, we Indians, we secular India, we tolerated all that, and we had the audacity to oppose CAA right in the heart of right, right in the heart of the capital. So. It is just in reference to Dr. Bhimrao Ambedkar. He was a true statesman, a son of India. I uh, we take pride in uh, Dr. Bhimrao Ambedkar. It's, it's a dirty um, party politics that uh, reduced Ambedkar's state, stature to a one segment of the society, and it suited all party, parties across. I'm 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 glad that Ambedkar is coming to the limelight. He deserves a place at the national level. So Kashmir. You refuse to acknowledge the Nehru and Congress refused to acknowledge Nijna's two nation theory, at least officially, at least in, on public platform. But in Kashmir, they created the same Pakistan, same little Pakistan on the territory of India by granting Article 370, followed by 35A, to Kashmiri Muslims. Especially, I repeat, Kashmiri Muslims. No Dogra wanted it, no Ladakhi wanted it, it was no Kashmiri Hindu wanted it. Obviously, Kashmiri Hindu did not want it. And uh, it was only to please and appease uh, Sheikh Muhammad Abdullah. Abdullahs, I consider, are the original Islamists of Kashmir. These three generations of Abdullahs are responsible principally for death and destruction that has taken place in Kashmir in the past 70 years. And that's, that's uh, the Kashmir Jihad is an outcome of that. They kept on feeding this opium of Azadi, that opium of supremacy of Islam, the opium of exclusivity of Islam, to poor Muslims of Kashmir, and so that led to the emergence of Kashmir Jihad. And how did it happen? It did not happen. 1990 did not happen overnight. You see, genocide follows a particular process. It, it begins with identifying uh, the community that has to be targeted. It happened with us. In fact, Kashmiri Hindus suffered all these processes that, uh, that, that, uh, that are uh, related to genocidal process. Uh, to the, all these aspects of process. What happened was community had to be targeted. So Kashmiri Hindus became, uh, uh, because we did not give up. We were told by Nehru and Congress to merge with, merge with National Conference to be part of the, uh, the overall community there. But we still retained. We could not have done it otherwise because we retained our religion, our faith, our dharma for 700 years of under even despite 700 years of prosecution. There was no way we would have compromised on our dharma. There was no way we would have compromised our, our, on our Indianness. Therefore, we became exclusive. We had to be targeted. We were seen as flying tricolor across the valley of 
Kashmir. As I said, we were 100% Hindu population of Kashmir 700 years ago. Over these 700 years of genocidal persecution, we gradually shrunk, but we did not live in ghettos. Unlike the general normal impression, the minorities live in ghettos in, uh, in, in, in most parts of this country. For example, in Delhi, you have Old Delhi, you have Jama Masjid area. In Kashmir, no. Since we're Aborigines, we kept, kept on shrinking, but we retained our presence across Kashmir. We had villages where no, no Kashmiri Hindu lived, but there was a, there was a temple, a functional temple uh, existing in that, in, in that village and which would come into life every time there was a particular ritual or a tradition attached to the temple. We, we carried tricolor on our chest in Kashmir. That's why we were targeted. We were seen as a hindrance in complete Islamization of Kashmir. It was every morning you would hear shank from every temple across the valley in Kashmir. Every, uh, on Amarnath, for example, Amarnath uh, continues to be, uh, uh, continues to irk Kashmiri Islamists because it's at least on those 40 days every year you have Bambambole uh, uh, river breaking across, uh, across the valley, at least along the route of Amarnath Yatra. So we became targets. So we, how, how they identified us? I'll tell you, there is a biography of Sheikh Muhammad Abdullah. It's called Atisha Chinar. You know how he refers to Kashmiri Hindus in that uh, biography? It's, he calls us fifth columnists. This is how the process of identifying and demonizing community begins. He calls us fifth columnists. In that one particular say, by the way, this, his English translation of this Atisha Chinar has been done by Kushwan Singh, none other than uh, uh, by Kushwan Singh himself. And no Indian scholar, no Indian thinker had ever audacity to question Sheikh Muhammad Abdullah when he was alive. Why did he try? Why did he demonize Hindus in his book? So when you identify Kashmiri Hindus as fifth columnists, you make two statements. One, that uh, India is an enemy state because fifth columnists are those who collaborate with an enemy state. So Sheikh Muhammad Abdullah calling Kashmiris as uh, Kashmiri Hindus a fifth columnist he was identifying as India not a friendly state. And we, Kashmiri Hindus, being staunch Indians, he chose to call us fifth columnist. So that begins, uh, that, with that began the process of demonizing uh, uh, Kashmiri Hindus right under India's secular watch. Then uh, there's another aspect of the genocidal processes to, to deprive the targeted community of its uh, rights and privileges. Despite merit, Kashmir was a unique place where despite merit, Kashmiri Hindus would be denied uh, admission in uh, professional colleges. There are many of us would go to the court to, uh, to, to seek justice. And many of us like me, we, 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 we chose not to fight the cases. We got admission wherever we got and studied, studied uh, did professional courses outside Kashmir. Then, Depriving the local, uh, these targeted communities of, for example, the government jobs. So this process began, yet we did not compromise, yet we did not complain. We didn't come to Delhi to seek justice. We were just happy there in our own homes because the physical assault was not part of that process. And we retain our dharma there, despite all this happening around us. Then... What happened in 19, uh, this, uh, this uh, 1990? Again, this was a final assault. 
1986, they did a trial. This is also part of the genocidal process. The targeted community is targeted to see the responses. In 1986, there was a, uh, there was a pre-planned attack on Kashmiri Hindus, in, especially in South, South Kashmir. And uh, India chose silence. We made representations in Delhi, yet there was no response. And the person who was supposedly at the helm of, uh, who, who led those uh, rights against Kashmiri Hindus in uh, 1986, uh, was then in Congress, then he joined heads with various uh, parties in, the, in Delhi, mainstream party. So India chose silence. They got encouraged and came this 1989-90. We knew, Kashmiri Hindus knew the neighbors are going across the border to take training. I don't know what was our intelligence, what were our intelligence agencies doing that time. The Kashmiri Muslims would come to Kashmiri Hindu neighbors to seek winter wear, jackets, shoes. And we knew that he is going across the border. And uh, they was popularly understood. There are local buses, local small uh, transport vehicles picking up guys. They were giving, giving traditional farewell by the, by the local Muslim communities to these boys to go across the border to take training in Pakistan. Yet India chose silence. Then came 1989-90, January 19. I tell you honestly, this, uh, this uh, you know, uh, we do not seek sympathy when we recall the genocide, our genocide. We want India to be aware of the fact that what Kashmiri Hindus suffered in 1990 is the same process of Gazwai Hind. Kashmir was nearly cleansed of Kashmiri Hindus in 1990, right in India secular war. Their eyes are on Lal Kila and Delhi. They, are, they want to occupy Kashmir. They want to reclaim the land of Mughals. They want to reclaim the land of Timurling. They want to reclaim the land of Babur. They want to reclaim the land of uh, uh, Abdalis and uh, Mohammed bin Qasim. So please do not think that Kashmir is only Kashmiri Hindus' problem. That's what we have been trying to talk, or talk about all these 30 years. That's what has been our effort, our endeavor to reach out to the rest of India to generate that kind of sentiment. Because if you compromise on Kashmir, there will be scores of Kashmiris emerging in the rest of India. And I'm glad that India, they, we saw the resonance in uh, resurgent India. And I'm glad that today 130 crore Indians are stakeholders of Kashmir. It's because of this pressure that we built over these years. Is because of the political pressure Narendra Modi had, and he showed political spine on Article 370, Article 370 was abrogated last year. So, 1990, we recall and remember. In fact, we nourish our wounds by recalling that chilling winter of 1990. And that 19 January 1990 was a horrible night. What happened on that particular night? The whole of Kashmir was on the, was on the streets of uh, Kashmir. The Kashmiri Muslims were on the streets of Kashmir. The, uh, the, the mosques, the, my, uh, the, the, the speakers of mosques were reverberating. Horrible, threatening, frightening calls for Kashmiri Hindus to uh, leave Kashmir. There were, uh, were, were crowds in the streets speaking 
uh, Indian dogs leave Kashmir. And the slogans, if I recall, I tell you, they were horrible. And did not begin. The killing did not begin on January 19. January 19 was the climax that we Kashmiri Hindus suffered. And we will continue to remember that. As I said, I continue to nourish my wound by recalling those horrible nights of January 1990. My people recorded my, what my, uh, my family suffered, what they narrate, what they suffered individually. Can you imagine? We gave money to kids, small kids in the family. Elders gave money, put it, put it in their pockets. Told them, follow this route towards the south. Take to the highway. Small kids, if we get separated, where do you have to go? Just keep on following this route to Jawahar Tunnel. This is the instruction that was given to, to, to the kids. On this 19th of January, girls were put into attic with, with uh, husk and... Uh, husk around them with a matchbox given in their hands. If this house is raided, please burn yourselves. This is what we suffered. And this is what we remember and recall on every January, uh, January 19. In fact, we activists, we live it through the, through the, all through the year. But January 19 is a community remembrance of that particular frightening night. And what were the slogans, for example? What were the slogans? We, I, I, I repeat, the killing began way back in September 1989 when our, the stalwart of Kashmiri Hindu community, the, 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 the leader of Kashmiri Hindus was uh, Pandit Tikala Tipulu was assassinated by, by the Islamists. It began with that. And the killings happened, uh, continued. Justice Ganju, 80-year-old retired judge, he was killed in the streets of Kashmir. You know what was his fault? He had sentenced Magbul Butt, if, uh, if you recall, uh, he was one of the first jihadists, Park Stooge operating in Kashmir. He had, he had uh, sentenced, as a session judge, he had sentenced Magbul Tet to death. And can you imagine, he was the only Hindu involved in the total case, beginning with the investigation of the case. The investigating officer of that case was a Kashmiri Muslim. The public prosecutor was a Kashmiri Muslim. All witnesses were a Kashmiri Muslim. The, defend, the, 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 the lawyers were Kashmiri Muslim. The only Hindu involved in that case was Justice Neel Ganju. That was his only crime and he was assassinated. The, how they targeted women, how, they, how the rapes were, uh, were executed. So they killed only about government claims, they kill about 300 people. But we have our own status, our activists have collected figures, it reaches about 2,000 people. But I repeat, they killed 2,000 people, but each and each killing was so horrible. It was so horrible and done, designed to be horrible, to instill fear in the rest of the community to, to, to flee Kashmir. And the slogans you heard on that particular horrible night was, Eh Kashmir ke musalmano, Hindustan se azadi ka matlab al-jihad, al-jihad, al-jihad. This is you here in Kabul. If eh, all the Muslims of Kashmir, if you want the, the freedom of India would mean al-jihad, al-jihad, al-jihad. This you hear in Kabul. This you hear, heard uh, ISIS raised slogans in uh, Middle East. This is what we heard. This is what we reverberated from the mosques of Kashmir. Kashmir mein rehna hoga, Allah akbar kehna hoga. I think if you want if you want to live in Kashmir, you have to chant Allahu Akbar. 
Pakistan se rishta ke la ilaha illallah. What is the, our, our association with Pakistan is la ilaha illallah. Kashmir mein rehna hoga, Allahu Akbar kehna hoga. If you want to stay in Kashmir, you have to recite Allahu Akbar. I say, get Pakistan, but our rustu, but neosan. We, we want Pakistan along with the Kashmiri Hindu women, but without Kashmiri pandits. This is what was the most horrifying moment for Kashmiri Hindus when this slogan reverberated from the mosques of Kashmir. I say, get Pakistan, but our rustu, Pakistan, hum kocha ye Pakistan, Kashmiri Hindu ortun ke saath, Kashmiri Hindu mardun ke bagat. This is what triggered the exodus, mass exodus of the Kashmiri Pandits on 19th of January 2019. And it continued. And ironically, ironically, the whole population gets displaced. And India watches with silence. Many of our Kashmiri Hindus had not even crossed Jawahar Tunnel. And just imagine, when you took a talk about Jammu Kashmir, Jammu Kashmir is Jammu Kashmir and Ladakh. Prior to last uh, August 2019, Ladakh was also part of Jammu Kashmir. It was, it was Jammu Kashmir and Ladakh. And the difference between the summer capital of Jammu Kashmir and Ladakh, that was Srinagar, and, and the winter capital of Jammu Kashmir and Ladakh, that was Jammu, is just 288 kilometers. Jammu is only 288 kilometers south of uh, Srinagar. Imagine the difference. We fled Srinagar. We fled Kashmir. And we took refuge just 288 kilometers away in the plains of Jammu Kashmir uh, state. And where the geography is different, language is different, culturally it's totally different. And those people, the people of Jammu received us. They opened their hearts for us. While at the neighborhoods of Kashmir, hundreds of years of old neighborhood, neighborhoods of Kashmir, they collaborated because they closed their doors or windows on us when the jihadists were hunting for Kashmiri Hindus in Kashmir. The police of Kashmir was demoralized to the extent I take pride, I salute the Jammu Kashmir police today. They are taking, they are in the forefront of fighting this Kashmir jihad. But because in 1990, when the leader, Farooq Abdullah, the chief minister, he fled. He fled on this particular day, 19 January, leaving us Kashmiri Hindus at the mercy of this uh, Kashmiri Islamist Kashmiri jihadists who were, who were holding AK-47 rifles and looking for Kashmiri Hindus from Mahala to Mahala, from town to town in the villages of Kashmir. And he fled. And you know who was the home minister of the Indian Union that time? Mufti Muhammad Sayyid, India's first Muslim home minister. He spoke to a very powerful ministry. And what was he doing? When we say we need to investigate the genocide of Kashmir, I'll come to, a, uh, to it later on. When you have to investigate the genocide of Kashmiri Hindus, we demand those who were at the helm in Kashmir and in Delhi that time should also be investigated, even if it, it, even if it amounts to investigating them posthumously.
मरणोपरांत उनको इन्वेस्टिगेट करना चाहिए जो उस वक्त दिल्ली और कश्मीर के अंदर थे जिनकी नाक तले कश्मीरी हिंदू का नरसनार हुआ राइट अंडर देयर सेक्युलर नोज राइट अंडर देयर सेक्युलर वॉच फाइव लैख कश्मीरी हिंदू है and here we reach 288 km south of kashmir indianness dharma to be greeted by the people of jammu they opened their small homes for us can you imagine can you imagine in jammu a small place with very limited municipal resources because out of jammu kashmir and ladakh the the the, the government the system only was kashmir origin kashmir on only kashmir centric jammu had very bare minimum municipal facilities and the valent dogras of jammu chose to share those municipal resources with us and that's how we survived because we got home a home in exile in jammu and we could keep on this resistance alive because we got that home in jammu that's why i always i find i miss no opportunity to thank the dwellers dogras of jammu who gave us refuge who gave us shelter did not just they didn't pity us they just held us embraced us as part of them and today together we fight together we resist the expansion of kashmir jihad into dogra land because i say as i say jammu is today the last demographic border after after the after the after the genocide of kashmiri hindus in kashmir today jammu remains the uh, the the last demographic border of india unconditional demographic border in in our northwest we have suffered and we have lived through it in january and every year we do we we recall those horrors horrors of january and we uh as i said as i said in under normal circumstances under normal circumstances refugees everywhere they go they they have to compromise on their dignity but as i said we have a we are proud of my heritage my ancestor they said me jino despite that persecution for 700 years you can imagine what we must have suffered when it was it was an isolated geographically isolated land when we saw this final assault come on us right under india's secular watch as i say 40 years after the independence of india we were the the the, the people who are revered in kashmir by islamists they say they gave us the light and they set a protocol how to be how kashmiri hindus are to be treated it was not only to demolish our temples it was not only to demolish our symbols of existence in kashmir it was also how to how to demonize how to denigrate the community as human beings there was a protocol to be followed kashmiri hindu could not wear a tilak kashmiri hindu could not wear carry a sword because it was a part of costume it was a part of a tradition as i said we 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 repulsed attacks of mohammad ghaznavi who revenge somnath jume ke jume aata raha ho somnath lekin hum kashmiri hindu ne unlike the impression that we did not fight brahmans and hindus cannot fight we fought against uh, uh, ghaznis and twice he attempted to invade kashmir to capture kashmir he failed 
which it was it was we were overwhelmed by our adversary that we lost it but our resistant resistance did remain alive all these 700 years so during this period of time we were we couldn't ride a horse and all temples i give an example of kali temple in kashmir for example kali temple in kashmir you know what is that temple reduced to now look at our resistance our resilience the temple is, is symbolically reduced to the outer wall of that shrine that stands today on a hindu temple and we have the traditional yearly ritual we do it on the bank of the river on the boundary wall of that complex which was a bhavya kali temple once upon a time i as a kashmiri hindu never called that locality by the name it is known now we still call it we uh, till we lived there we called it kalis kalika in sanskrit you know you have this grammatical changes we are the if you have to say uh, kalis kali hund i always pass by the street kali hund kahan jana hai kali hund kiske paas jana kali hund jana knowing that this temple does not belong to me anymore the only thing i uh, i owned then kashmiri hindus owned that was outer surface a small patch maybe about 15 feet by 10 feet patch on a boundary or boundary outer face of the boundary wall of that whole huge complex that once stood there yes india shows silence but i am glad that we have been able to we have been able to regenerate the sentiment in rest of india today 130 crore indians are with us i think uh, uh, about this genocidal process it con- it continues till now it continues and may i may i tell you despite what happened on 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 uh, 5th of august 2019 it was a historical moment i will leave lot to for the question answer session because there may be lot many queries related to that 2019 it was a historical moment because uh, because it was for the first time indian indian state realized that we had allowed an islamo fascist system to flourish on the soil of india and kashmir and article 370 was responsible for that and it was uh, it was abrogated and i also want to break into the notice of the people of india just by removing article 370 just by abrogating 35a you do not reverse what has been flourishing in kashmir for 38 these 70 years because of these two pieces of constitutional arrangements an islamo fascistic mindset flourished in kashmir it would take a lot to dismantle that and that process began on 5th of august 2019 kashmir jihad is a military problem it has to be tackled militarily and when i say i claim kashmir when i give references to other uh, other refugees other uh, communities that has that have suffered genocide for example yazidis in 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 middle east they suffered genocide at the hands of isis goons and india started talking about india got to understand the the barbarism what islamism can uh, inflict on human humanity only through uh, when they heard about the barbarity uh, of jihadi jihadi jones in middle east we suffered the same barbarity 30 years ago we had this sarwan and premi scholar 
a scholar sarvanand premi his eyes were gouged out he was killed in cold blood before that his son was killed and that time ironically this sarvanand premi scholar the martyr the shaheed was translating quran they didn't they did and they knew it they didn't they, they didn't spare him tikalal tepulu the the first casualty of this kashmir jihad he was associated with bjp but more than that he was a he he, he was a proud indian and he he was a lawyer and most of the time he would be doing pro bono cases for muslims he was in spare they were the rapes that were committed i feel you know uh, it is such a shameful thing to recall the names of those people who were uh, the, the women who were raped but it's important to the nation know that's why i call them martyrs when i called uh, girja tiku i I, 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 it's for whole dignity. I call her a martyr. She had taken refuge in a camp in Jammu. She had fled Kashmir. This is important. Recall these names because this must resonate. This must resonate in the minds of Hindus. What Hindus in Kashmir suffer? This Gita Tiku was called. She took a. She took refuge in uh, Jammu. But her colleagues back in Kashmir, they lied to her. they called her they told her come back see things are better here go come and collect your salary this woman was she she trusted her colleagues she went back and she was kidnapped suffered gangrene and then she was cut into two on a saw machine and we have been talking about kashmir all these years that kashmir is a is a political problem the people who should have been sent to gallows 30, 30 years ago for for the crimes committed against humanity against kashmiri hindus became sahibs on television stations television studios in delhi the leading journalists of uh, india called them sahibs yasin malik a warlord islamist warlord jihadi he was addressed as beta by retired justices in seminar halls of delhi you know what was the narrative it was what was the narrative all these years before 5th of august i say 2019 even when we even when bjp's la first tenure narendra modi's first tenure they continued the same process when they when they when they went into alliance with mahbuba mufti the same process that began with nehru and congress in the 70 years ago thank god the our pressure prevailed that broke that alliance i can assure you i can assure you if they had not broken that alliance with mahbuba mufti the results of electoral results of 2019 would not have been same because this is resurgent india i communicate with people at ground level i know what we have done these 30 years and again say i take pride in having reached out to the people of india today the people of india are aware the sanatani hindu is aware now what 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 india has suffered what india can can suffer that's why you see this that's why narendra modi showed that political spine they had put it in the in their uh, in their manifesto which they have been doing for a long time 
but this time it was fulfilled because they were they knew 130 crore indians are demanding and wanting it and that's how it was implemented but successive governments have been doing what they did in every auditorium in delhi the narrative was not about whether india should compromise on kashmir the discourse was about how much india could be boarded goaded to bend on kashmir kashmir was written off it was written off even in agra thank god that agra summit failed what was what was left was taken over by manmohan singh government they were almost preparing for manmohan singh uh, to receive nobel prize thank god we did not it didn't happen i believe india is india is we we, we have the blessings of the god almighty mekatono ke kashmir ke kankar kankar mein shankar hai kashmir ke bindu bindu mein ganga jal hai despite these attempts to disown kashmir by successive governments in delhi kashmir remains part of india because kashmir is the fountain hand of india's sanatan civilization ito now how do we go back we are we are still talking about kashmir we still about uh, talking about elections in kashmir but the name kashmiri hindu again takes secondary status i see there is a lot of uh, there is a lot of excitement because we have we hold kashmir's we have elections in kashmir we get good positive results that shoot us we talk about the results also but nobody is talking about the fact that kashmir is still not having kashmiri hindus back the aboriginal kashmiri hindus are still living in exile and i repeat to you to the people of india i want this government and everybody to know we are not going back to kashmir as as cattle you can't just put us back in the buses and trucks and send us back to kashmir no we are proud indians and we want to reclaim kashmir our kashmir so first of all the indian state has to acknowledge what kashmiri hindus suffered was genocide because this is also for the first time narendra modi government acknowledged it although in a different manner when they put ban on jammu kashmir liberation front they say this organization was responsible for genocide of kashmiri hindus so what we demand is government of india formally acknowledges that what kashmiri hindus suffered was genocide just because we have survived just because we kept the fire of kashmir alight all these 30 years does not mean that genocide can can be put under the carpet one of the major aspects of genocide is also to see that the will to survive in the survivors is killed the resistance in the survivors is dismantled and demolished forever we defied that aspect of genocide our tormentors thought that we will get lost in the crowds of the rest of india we'd get lost in the streets and uh, lanes of india in the dust of india no instead what we did we became instrumental in awakening 130 crore indians and that was our endeavor that is what we wanted there is not a single auditorium in kashmir from where where from kashmiri hindus have not been 
evicted. I, for example, there's not a single auditorium in Delhi from I have not been evicted because we resisted the discourse that was happening in the, in the auditoriums of Delhi. Patronized by the then state government, then by Indian state. I cannot forget the day when I heard Justice Sacha, late Justice Sacha, addressing Yasin Malik in, in, in India International Center. Beta, pehle tum bologe. And we were in the audience. We resisted. And we were detained by the police. Till this, this, the, 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 that uh, deliberations uh, were completed. Can you imagine? I have never seen police in India Internet Center. I was arrested right in front of the cameras. Because the Indian state that time wanted that conversation to happen. And what was it? Pakistan-Hindu Maitri friendship. Leading journalist. I, uh, Times of India editor. He is no more. Dilip Padgaonkar. We must remember the role played by academicians. It was not only the politics of India that was trying to compromise in Kashmir. Dilip Padgaonkar was an interlocutor in Kashmir. That's why it's, it's important to remember. I recall one TV program. Sayyid Nakvi, a veteran journalist. He asked Dilip Padgaonkar, what is this uh, fact about Kashmiri Hindus? So casually, so casually they were talking about Kashmiri Hindus as if we were not even humans. Sajid Nakvi asked Dilip Padgaonkar, what is this fact about Kashmir? What happened to them? Who is responsible for their exodus? And Dilip Padgaonkar is a smirk. He says, oh yes, Jagmohan was partly responsible and Islamists were partly responsible. Jagmohan lie has been, is, it was, uh, it originated in Kashmir. It was propagated in Delhi by left liberals. Jagmohan could not have organized exodus of Kashmiri Hindus overnight. On 19th of January, he had taken or, or he had only taken over as the governor of Kashmir, Jammu and Kashmir and Ladakh. And he was in Jammu, where the theater of jihad was in Srinagar, 288 kilometers away. There were hardly any communications there. Because everything was dismantled and disrupted, except for the power to the mosques of Kashmir, so that the speakers would continue to reverberate. To, 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 to rant slogans to thrive, uh, frighten Kashmiri Hindus. I recall Balkrishan Ganju, Matya. He was a telecommunications engineer. He knew he was on the hit list. He was advised to leave the place. But he chose to serve the nation. He chose to serve the nation, stayed back, saying, if I leave this place, who will maintain the communication, strategically important communication between Srinagar and Delhi. You know how they killed him. When he got to know that jihadis are approaching his house, he hid in his attic in a drum rice. You know, normally in Kashmiri Hindus, we, we, uh, we collect uh, grains for the winter. We, we, we store here grains for the winter in our attic. We used to do that. In a rice drum, he hid himself. Jihadis came to his house, looked for him, went even out, every room. They didn't find him. They, they left the place. 
The neighbors called them back. Can you imagine? The neighbors came, called them back, showed them his own, in, in, in his attic. And when they reached the attic, they did not even bother to remove, to open, to, 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 to remove the lid of the drum. They just shot, they, 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 clean, they, they, they emptied their uh, AK-47 right into the drum. And when his wife said, his children and wife, why should we live anymore? He said, no, somebody should live to cry for it. This is what we suffered. There are women, I don't want to name them. Sarla Bhatt was a, I, 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 there are martyrs, we must name them. When we get, go back to Kashmir in our own in Kashmir, I am going to have a, I'm going to have a museum there. I'm going to have a, a museum of genocide of Kashmiri Hindus there. I'm going to put them on a big pedestal there. Israelis have Yad Vashem in Israel. We're going to have our own Yad Vashem in Kashmir. Where, of course, those people who helped us, like Dogras, they will be on the highest on the pedestal because they gave us home in exile. Sarla Bhatt was a nurse in a medical college there. She overheard the doctors planning to do something. Islamist doctors. And she was kidnapped, raped, murdered. Her naked body was thrown on the street of Srinagar. With JKLA branded her own body with cigarette bits. This was Sarla Bhatt. Kashmiri Hindu martyr. India chose silence. And repeat, I maintain, this is not Kashmir This is not illiterate Kashmiris who are jihadis there. They are well-educated. We have had doctors. Dr. Guru was a leading cardiologist from Kashmir, an Islamist. It's a different matter. The jihadis, when he, they realized, Pakistan, Ralph, when they realized that he has done his job, he was eliminated by his own people. I was the other day on a, on a platform, uh, it's Global Counterterrorism Council, I'm part of that. So I was anchoring a two-day session on uh, this uh, terror funding and money laundering, which goes into uh, terror funding. I had an opportunity to interview the uh, current foreign secretary of Sri Lanka. We talked about that Easter bombings last year in Sri Lanka. See the political will to take the terror head on. He had no qualms in speaking to Indian people. Of course, this, this particular webinar was, uh, they, uh, was going across the world. There were a lot many attendees from, from Middle East, from Philippines, from America, from Europe. This man says, and he agreed when I said, these are not ordinary terrorists. They seek spiritual ecstasy in killing and getting killed in the name of in the king in the name of faith in the name of islam he agreed he said yes the easter bombings were done by people who drove bmws and in kashmir we compromise on the basic aspect of it we said no 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 not everybody is involved in that they're back away this is what when when the previous uh, first tenure or we saw heard that in the first tenure of uh, Narendra Modi government also hear that. 5,000 stone pelters were released in one day. And five, the stone pelters are the foot soldiers of Kashmir Jihad. 
the AK-47 wielding Carter comes out of this, uh, AK, uh, these uh, stone pelters. Burhanwani, Burhanwani, that infamous poster boy of Kashmir Jihad. There's a leading journalist in Delhi. Before Burhanwani was killed in encounter, she went and interviewed his that headmaster father. That if he if he was not scared that his son is going to get killed one day, the father says, "I have dedicated my son to Allah." And when he was killed in that encounter, the same journalist, Hindustan Times journalist, a very senior journalist, she again went to the same headmaster father, interviewed him, whether he was mourning the death of his son. Look at the height of indoctrination. He says. No, I had already dedicated my son to Allah. And you called it a political problem? When they say, Kafiro e zalimo Kashmir hamara chordo, when they, when they dictated this term to us, e Kafiro e zalimo Kashmir hamara chordo. This is the level of indoctrination they have. Raliv, galiv, yatsaliv. This is the slogan. This is a rant which reverberates across wherever you have global jihad conflicts in the world. Either you merge, either you perish, or be ready to die, or you flee. This is what ISIS said in uh, when they uh, captured, when they entered Iran, uh, Syria. This is what happened in Kashmir 30 years ago. You know, the currency in circulation in January 1990, because those days used to get salary in hard currency. Every note had a note on it. A slogan, jihadi slogan on it. The watches, every... Kashmiri was supposed to carry, have Pakistani time on it. Most Kashmiri Hindus started wearing beard because otherwise we'll get identified. I want to, I just want to understand why, what, what happens in Afghanistan today, what happened in Syria same thing has been happening in Kashmir. If government of India today publishes a white paper on Kashmir Jihad to identify the jihadis from across the world who, were, who died in Kashmir combating Indian forces, you will be shocked. It's not that you have mercenaries getting together in Afghanistan, fighting wars in Afghanistan and ISIS. We have had Malaya, Kerala Muslim jihadists combating Indian forces in Kashmir. Yet India chooses to call it a political problem. Kashmir jihad is thriving and alive. It is going slow because there are strict restrictions and they cannot be deployed forever. So Kashmir Jihad has to be fought militarily. The way Jihad wars are being fought in Afghanistan and Syria, Iraq, everywhere else. 
So how do you see the reverse of Kashmiri? How do you, how do you reverse this genocide? You can't just put them in the trucks. You say everything's okay. You don't give me 5,000 5, jobs under Prime Minister package, which is being touted these days as a, one of the ways to reverse the genocide of Kashmiri Hindus. I tell you the state today, listen, we are Kashmiri Hindus refuse to be used as guinea pigs in India's continued secular experimentations in Kashmir. We're not just stakeholders of Kashmir. We're aborigines of Kashmir. We're the owners of Kashmir. This prime minister's package program for jobs. Can you imagine? Government of India is obliged to give us the jobs. We have deprivation in our community. We don't beg. Because that is not in our genes. But that does not mean that we, we are all economically well off. Many of us done, have done good for ourselves. But there are many Kashmiri Hindus who suffer deprivation. And the little amount of dole that government of India gives us, which amounts to a few rupees per person in the family, is not enough. 13,000 rupees per family of six people is not enough for a family to survive. So when you give them jobs out of state quota, you're not doing them any favors. By, by attaching conditions to it, it becomes a favor. It's a gross violation of human rights. When you grant, give those paid, lowly paid jobs to Kashmiri Hindu boys and girls, employ them in the very villages and towns of Kashmir from where their parents were hounded out 30 years ago. But these boys and girls are compelled and forced to take these jobs. They go back. Yet, they are given these jobs under so much of, after so much of, uh, go, undergoing so much of pressure and humiliation. 45 Kashmiri Hindus, boys and girls are standing protesting outside press club in Jammu for the past 90 plus days. They were selected for these jobs in Kashmir. But they are not being issued the appointment letters. They are braving cold, braving COVID to come all the way from Jakti camp, which is outside the Jammu city, refugee camp, using public transport, sit on the dharna, leave their small kids back with their elderly parents, go back. And two of the, two of the protesting boys and girls, they already uh, caught uh, corona. And the government is, continues to be indifferent. And if you see the agreement they have to sign for that small job, which could be granted to anywhere in Kashmir, anywhere in Jammu province, they are sent to Kashmir deliberately to create a semblance of Hindu, Hindus in Kashmir. They live in camps there also. So, formally, if you want, which we demand, the reversal of genocide must begin with the formal acknowledgement by the government of India that what Kashmiri Hindus suffered was genocide. And when you acknowledge it formally, then you also have to follow the rules of reversal of genocide. Because India is one of the first countries, signatories of UN Convention of Genocide. So India is, is obliged to follow. And it gives, it gives a way out for the state government. 
to follow this menace, to, to, to track and uh, contain this menace of Islamism in, in Kashmir, which is likely to spread across India as well. So when you formally acknowledge, you set up a genocidal tribunal to investigate the crimes of, uh, crimes of crimes against humanity committed against Kashmiri Hindus. To you investigate the people who were at the helm, as I said earlier, in Srinagar and in Delhi at that in 1990, in January 1990, and especially on the night of on the day of 19 January 1990. And even if, even if it amounts to investigating people who are no more who are dead, do it posthumously because justice must prevail. I have ensured my people, we ensured my people on this January 19, I reform, resolve to ensure those people who are responsible for the genocide of Kashmiri Hindus will be brought to justice. This is our resolve. And also we will we'll resurrect our existence back home in Kashmir. This is our firm resolve. And how do you do that? First, about the genocide, when you set up a tribunal, you, brought, you bring people to justice and then rehabilitation. By the way, Kashmiri Hindus have authored a bill. It's called Pan Kashmir Genocide and Prevention of Atrocities Bill. It has been already circulated to the, uh, all the parliamentarians of India. We want it to be brought as a private member's bill in the parliament of India to ensure no more genocide. India suffers no more genocides the way we Kashmiri Hindus have suffered in secular India. 40 years, repeat, I repeat, 40 years after independence of India. So when you bring people to justice, make people accountable for the genocide, then comes the settlement of Kashmiri Hindus back home. We have a marked resolution by the community in fact, what's happening, what government of India is doing, we are, we are so honored that Kashmir, the, the government of India is following what emerges out of Mark Darshan. Article 370 had to go, 35 had to go. This was ensigned by us Kashmiri Hindus 30 years ago in exile in Jammu. In that dharmic, I called it a mantra of Mark Darshan, which also ensages a union territory upon Kashmir for Aboriginal Kashmiri Hindus in the Valley of Kashmir. We envisage the, re uh, the, the reorganization of Jammu and Kashmir and Ladakh. It was our idea. I, am, I trust Amit Shah when he said in the Parliament of, the, uh, Parliament of India that the reorganization process has begun and it will continue. Ladakh was liberated from the hegemony of Kashmiri Islamists. We are so proud of them. We are so glad for them. Jammu needs similar freedom from Kashmir, centering Kashmir origin hegemony of Islamist politics. Kashmir deserves to be, Jammu deserves to be an independent state of India. You can see unconditional Indianness river, river bread across Jammu. I don't know why that should be part of this mess called uh, Jammu Kashmir, Kashmir Jihad. We have security reasons not to allow high-speed uh, uh, internet in Kashmir. But why should Jammu suffer because it's part of Jammu-Kashmir Union Territory today? Earlier it was part of the Jammu-Kashmir Jammu state. All is well in Jammu. So, so Jammu has to become a state and then there has to be a Union Territory of Kashmir, Pan-Kashmir and Kashmir. There we go. 
We want Indian state in Delhi to be responsible for my security, for my political empowerment, for my economic empowerment, to be able to practice my faith in Kashmir, to be able to carry, wear that Indian flag again on my chest again in Kashmir, where I can breathe free, where I can celebrate 15th of August and 26th January, like rest India celebrates in the rest of India. That's where we'll go. No back. I don't want to be in the neighborhood of Mahbuba Mufti or Abdullah Azhar, who are those so-called mainstream Islamists up there, who want to retain. This Gupkar gang is all about retaining the Muslim majoritarian character of Kashmir. This they say official. Yet we don't have audacity to check them and counter them. If this is not Islamism, what is? If this is not Jinnah's two-nation theory of supremacy and exclusivity of Islam being propagated from the so-called mainstream of Kashmir, then what is? When Farooq Abdullah, in Lok Sabha elections, he, was, he fought from Srinagar constituency. What was the slogan there to the, to the people of Kashmir? Hamare bache nokri ke liye nahi marte. Hamare bache tourism ke liye nahi marte. Qom ke liye marte. Qom was Jinnah's Qom, Jinnah's nation, two-nation theory. And we have been putting, putting what? Wool over our, on our eyes. We don't want to see this. They desecrated our flag. Mainstream parties. When Mahbuba Mufti says, Jab tak Kashmir ka janda ne, till you have our Kashmir flag back, I will not even touch in the Indian, Indian flag. What does it mean? We don't have order. We, why, why, why should these people not be tried for treason? When Farooq Abdullah says, seeks help from China for restoration of Article 370. All this Islamo-fascist mindset, that's what I say, it is 370 was abrogated, does not mean Kashmir is all good. It will take ages to remove this mentality, to cleanse Farooq Abdullah and the likes of him of this mentality that Kashmir is supposed to be a Muslim majority, correct, uh, Muslim majority state right under India's secular constitution. And all those, I also appeal to the people of India not to call any Kashmiri a Kashmiri who chooses to call himself a Kashmiri Muslim who wants to retain the Muslim majority character of Kashmir. Kashmir is Hindu Kashmir. I am a Kashmiri. They appropriated our, our identity. I'm supposed to be a Kashmiri Pandit, but they are supposed to be Kashmiris. Why? Call them what they are. They are Kashmiri Islamists, whether they are in mainstream or they are, they are underground. Uh, the question is, even if the idea of resettlement of Kashmiri Hindus back in the valley materializes, according to you, what drove them out in the, in the first place was the active collaboration of their neighbors. How is that going to change regardless of administrations or military or you know, political equations? First of all, I don't want to use this if it materializes. I have been living to see to the day then when we Kashmiri Hindus return back to Kashmir. It better materialize. If it does not, I assure you, it's a recipe for balkanization of India. Kashmiri Hindu presence in Kashmir is very important, is integral to the future of India, to the integrity of India. 
because you have to create the demographic border in Kashmir. As you rightly pointed out, you can't have always security forces. And I don't want to go back to the neighborhood. I said, I said it. That's why we envisage the process of reorganization of Jammu Kashmir to continue. Jammu has to be a different state. We are demanding a union territory, centrally administered union territory of Panun Kashmir in the valley. We have given the geography of here that. We have given the boundaries of the union territory for where we can breed free as uh, Indians. So we're not going back to the neighbor, those neighborhoods from where we, we were evicted. Not at all. Never. We are not going back to those neighborhoods. That for a long time, the main narrative was the exodus or you know throwing out of Kashmiri Pandit and not Kashmiri Hindus. Do you think it was a propaganda to say that it is a problem of Pandits and we know the stigma which is attached to the pundits of this country. You know, somehow we have bear the burnt of it that, yes, you were the reason why all the atrocities have happened in the society. So one is that, was that a propaganda? And now in the recent narrative, I can see that even the Kashmiris coming out and saying that it is not Kashmiri Pandit. Do not say that. It's the exodus of Kashmiri Hindus. So that's the question number one. Question number two, I am from Uttaranchal. Again, while it is connected to the country very well, you you can very well imagine the Pahari, uh, you know, the states are somehow secluded. So now today I can see there the unofficial, uh, uh, you know, settlement of uh, Muslims, whether they are from Bangladesh and other places. And looking at this thing, I always think that, do you think there is a need for the uh, Indian state saying that, all the religions which have come from outside, there is a need for these religions to blend with the culture, which means whether the Islamic culture, Christianity, it has to blend with the culture or it or we cannot survive. So your views on that. Number one is about KPs. You see, uh, Kashmiri Pandits, we don't call ourselves Kashmiri Pandits in Kashmir. It's an exonym given to us by, by the virtue of the fact that we 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 uh, we engage ourselves in the pursuit of knowledge. And when you say Kashmiri Pandit, you are very right. We are attached to a particular caste of a Kashmiri a Hindu society. That is why it was done deliberately. It is being still done. Well, it's with the Pandits, it's the Brahmins, it's the Hindus, the upper caste. So what should, what should the rest of Hindu community think about it? This is a narrative that we have been trying to change all these years. That's why today when I walk on the streets, of uh, before lockdown, I speak. I meet every person of. I, we don't ask each other. When I say revival of Sanatan traditions of India, as I say, I my perspective on Kashmir is from overall Indian perspective. I see Kashmir uh, is a national issue. It relates to the in India's integrity. It relates to the Sanatan is the survival of Sanatan civilization of India. Therefore, when I interact with an Indian, I forcefully make it a point where we are Indians. I, whenever, wherever I get an opportunity, I say, forget your caste. Leave it behind at your home if you still love it. This is the reason that India fell to the foreigners. Because one caste was, uh, was played against another by our, our enemies. So number one, so KP, Kashmiri Pandits, we take pride in being in personal. In fact, that, that made us survive. Today, if I, I, I retain my dignity, it's only because I followed the tradition of knowledge. We all got educated. We, we, we were 
100% literate community, we continue to be 100% community despite being in exile for the past 30 years, despite going deprivation, despite facing so many hardships. So that's one point. So you are very right. It was being done as a propaganda. As I say, they appropriated the ethnicity called Kashmiri. You also said they, the Kashmiris have started calling them Kashmiri Pandits, not Kashmiri Hindu. Because they are not Kashmiris. They are Kashmiri Islamists who have this, who are conditional Indians in Kashmir or Kashmiri Islamists. Either, whether they eat in Delhi, those who say our, we are, our relation with India is through only the constitution of India. Right? I won't say one day Matram because it's not written in the constitution of India. I asked them, constitution of India came into practice in 1950. What was your relation with the Indian nation from 1947 to 1950? They have no answers. So they are called them conditional Indians, contracted Indians. So don't expect them to merge with us. But I also see when with the revivalism, Sanatani resurgence in India, we have so many Muslims being part of it. They claim themselves, they say, as you rightly pointed out, Hindu is our cultural identity. It's our Sanatani identity. Religion is a faith. You hold your faith, respect your faith. You have to claim to be an Indian for that. They have no qualms when they arrive on the shores of Arabia. When the immigration officials ask them, Where, who are you? You have to speak. If you speak in Arabic, it has to say, you have to say, Hindi. If you translate it exactly into Hindi or in English, Main Hindu hu, main Indian hu. If you know, have no calm to speak that in Arabic on the shores of Arabia, why are you hesitant in uh, accepting that? You are right, ma'am. I agree with you. The, our cultural identity is Hindu, Sanatani Hindu's uh, identity. And uh, you could be belonging to any religion. I think I don't think government of India could do it. I think it has to be done by you and me. We have to, government will do only what Indian people want. Create, generate that kind of public opinion so that, uh, so that the government uh, takes uh, note of it. Uh, yes, sir. actually, I just had uh, two queries rather, uh, you know, uh, the one uh, flaw I can point out in the, the Kashmiri Pandit movement is the lack of soft power to garner more international support. So, you know, you have movies like Shikara coming out, which is a propagandist movie written coincidentally by a Kashmiri Pandit. You've got individuals like Samir Kaul, uh, you know, who Tom Toms as an oncologist, uh, oncologist and educated Kashmiri Pandit, but is kind of, you know, sabotaging the movement. You have Justice Karju, who had very disparaging comments on 370. And you have, uh, you know, brave individuals like Aarti Tikku Singh and Sunanda Vashisht basically going to the US Congress. And, you know, uh, hats off to them for standing their ground, but they had no support whatsoever, even amongst the international community. It was really sad to see it happen. So I think somewhere down the line, the international pressure is handicapping the government of India in terms of its willingness to grant a Panun Kashmir. Just wanted to know your take on that. And a second quick point I just wanted to ask you, and I'm going to take that name since you didn't. It would be Barkhada, Dilip Padgaonkar, Saeed Nakwi and their ilk. Can, can the KP movement create a forum for holding these people accountable? Because we have to make sure the legacy is tarnished so that in the future, people would think twice before doing such things again, given the current state of social media. Uh, the, those were the two queries I had, sir. See, uh, some of us are known not to sound politically correct. I speak what I think is the uh, right, uh, because my story is the story of dharma. So I have no reason to... Uh, to, to camouflage it under any coating. So I do that. So when you talk about, you name few people, Kashmiri Hindus, Kashmiri Pandits, uh, who you believe are not, uh, in a way, trying to um, 
trying to trying to trying to supplement the overall effort of the community towards what we want look how did mughals establish their authority in india is we hindus collaborated with them how did man singh become the general of Ara, this uh, akbar's family uh, akbar's uh, army this has been part of us we have had jai chans in the community so kashmiri hindus is part of the same hindu 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 setup hindu mindset so we have some amongst us whose names hindu names are being used by islamists to propagate their own ideologies they are there but there is there are so many of us so many amongst us who are trying to reach out to rest of india to awaken the masses in india so i do not uh, subscribe to the fact that i am not being my issues does not become serious just because my kashmiri a few kashmiri pandits are collaborating collaborating with our adversary for example they have spokespersons the mainstream parties and the author you talked about the shikara was a oh, shikara was uh, was a movie that was claimed the uh, i mean it was supposed to be a fiction i am yet to hear what about shikara listen all these years all these years before shikara 40 years 30 years before shikara how many movies were made by anybody on kashmiri hindus yet i compliment whichever movie was made in on kashmir be it roja be it mission kashmir at least this gave uh, you an idea of what kashmir uh, or india has hand on uh, on hand in kashmir about these people trying to generate uh, international pressure we kashmiri hindus are active across india when it was in support of ca kashmiri hindus have participated in, in whatever number whatever manner across the world when it comes to supporting narendra modi government for article 370 we have been doing that across the world but more than the international pressure i can go tomorrow to you know office and ask justice ask uh, uh, you know to put pressure on government of india to uh, to 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 declare what kashmiri hindus suffered was uh, was genocide officially because india is a signatory to un convention on genocide but is that uh, is that uh, is that uh, right way of doing it i want my indians to come forward i want i want indian come indian people research in india to put pressure on this ganra as i said article 370 was on the manifesto for bjp for many years how did how did narendra modi gather such political spine courage and to and did this historical uh, uh, job because he knew that 130 crore indians wanted it and i they say i repeat we try to reach out to india we cultivated the public opinion we went to tehsils and zillas of uh, across india small numbers we went but then we have we saw so much of resonance there so therefore please do not count those individuals and among those one authors who wrote the, uh, the who was a was a writer for the shikara he's also written a book i compliment that book because that book writes a lot that exposes indian secular uh hypocrisy so i take the positive of that author how he has contributed in highlighting the plight of kashmiri hindus i don't know whether you have read his book uh the uh, rahul pandita's book is is a is a historical uh, uh chronicle is a historical collection and i think you should read that book how he is i i want every every everybody to read the page number 235 of that book to the it's, it's about vandhama massacre in vandhama massacre 
only one boy had survived that uh, that massacre of kashmiri hindus and during that night these neighbors the, the, the villagers of that place so called neighbors they increased the volume of our lord speakers of the mosque to to subdue the noise of ak47 those were being emptied on kashmiri hindus in abdhamad that night it was a, it was a shabeka that night auspicious night of so called uh, that that community that that night one boy survived and uh, the rahul pandita quotes that boy uh, in, in in his book on this page number 235 when he came uh, the police and the ministry administration everybody came in the morning and the neighbors started you know sh- shedding crocodile tears hi our hamare neighbors mare gaye hamare bhai mare gaye and this boy had witnessed what the what was that 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 horrible night he had seen what these guys had done all through the night that young boy vinod he used that word khabardar kisi haramzade ne kisi bhi lash ko haath lagaya this is uh, chronicled by uh, uh, rahul pandita i i salute him for that but no journalist has talked about it barkha that i speak i speak in front of her she did that reporting from kashmir almost condoning the genocide of kashmiri hindus when she said all the jobs were occupied by kashmiri hindus that's her when she built a career on kashmir she she called these islamists who deserve to be uh, tried for crimes against humanity she called them stakeholders dilip padgonkar was the interlocutor i have confronted him whenever i got an opportunity but i could see how uh, editorials and uh, of these newspapers i know in fact I, i i can claim that i was the only voice if you guys uh, followed the letter to editor columns in hindustan times the times of india i was the only alternate voice in those 100 150 words in times of india and uh, hindustan times it was after after a lot of struggle they made me learn journalistic english because they they thought it was my language wasn't compatible with their standards i said all right let me learn that i did it and uh, there was a bar i could publish uh, my publish my letter could be taken only once in a fortnight while as pro kashmir separatism pro balkanization of india articles appeared and editorials appeared almost on daily basis but i could uh, comment on my comment would be taken only once in a fortnight so i have taken all these guys head on and these guys need to be exposed they are being exposed where is barkhatat today where is uh, i mean well, the legacy of uh, dilip padkong and all these jala you are doing it everybody else is doing it social media is so powerful you know everybody has that voice and we are doing it and we seek your support more than the international community supporting i think it has to be indian people i trust you i want your support please speak for me i have been able to communicate with you empower with you about the situation in kashmir i repeat kashmir is not about kashmiri hindus alone kashmir is about the future of india it's about the survival of sanatani civilization of india please come together let's let's let's, uh, let's retrieve kashmir from the jihadis from the clutches of islamists and panun kashmir is the only way unitary panun kashmir is the only way where you can have unconditional indianness flourish again in kashmir सर मेरा प्रश्न यह है कि सर सबसे पहले इनको वोटिंग राइट्स दिया गया है और इनको राइट टू रिप्रेजेंटेशन दिया गया है आज भी भारत में तो इसीलिए आप देख रहे हैं कि एच डी जैसे संगठन के जैसे संगठन है सर मेरा सवाल यह है कि और एक सर जो चित्राल का जो चित्राल जो अंग था सर कश्मीर का वो तो पाकिस्तान में चला गया तो ये ये लोग और किस लिए लड़ाई कर रहे हैं सर ऑलरेडी दे पार्ट ऑफ कश्मीर ना The Chitral, nobody remembers it now. 
because you have kalash saying over there they are proto vedic tribes और और एक सर जो बाइजूस में आईएएस का टैब है उसमें कश्मीरी पंडित्स के बारे में बहुत यू नो घृणात्मक पूर्वक से बताया गया हुआ है सर कि यू गाइस हैड ऑल द हाईएस्ट जॉब्स एंड यू गाइस ऑल यू नो हैड ऑक्यूपाइड द हाईएस्ट पोजीशन दैट्स व्हाई कश्मीरी मुस्लिम्स वर फोर्स टू क्रिएट जेनोसाइड एंड यू ऑल सो व्हाट्स योर प्रतिक्रिया ऑन दिस मैंने ऐसे रेट प्रतिक्रिया बस या आपका पहले तो नमस्कार आपने दिलचस्पी के साथ सुना प्रश्न आपके मैं आप कोशिश करता हूं जवाब देने की नंबर वन यू यू टॉक्ट अबाउट व्हेन यू रिफर टू चित्राल यू आल्सो टॉकिंग अबाउट गिल किल बल्तिसान लुक आई आई इट विद द एब्रोगेशन ऑफ आर्टिकल थ्री एंड थर्टी ए यू आर ओनली बिगिनिंग द प्रोसेस ऑफ डिसमेंटरिंग ऑफ इस्लामो फैशिस्टिक एकोसिस्टम that flourished in kashmir for 70 years so it's the process has begun islamism cannot be vanquished totally muslim brotherhood has survived more than 100 years it emerging in various forms in other countries if saudi arabia has taken a back seat today in promoting wahhabi sunni islamism across the world is turkey today emerging ironically atarturk who made turkey a secular state after the fall of after the demolishing of ottoman empire this erdogan the present president of uh, turkey he is emerging to be a khalifa he, he thinks he is a khalifa of custodian of muslims of the world turkey is playing a major role as on today in propagating the the idea of kashmir jihad they are they are uh, recording songs in turkey written by national poets of turkey sung by uh, renowned singers of pakistan they are recruiting mercenaries in the name of kashmir jihad so turkey is emerging so wherever you have this uh, islamist uh, uh, mindset this will survive so what we can do in kashmir we can contain it so article 370 and 35a uh, abrogation goes a long way in containing that islamist islamist pan islamism inspired fissipressness in kashmir that has been there in kashmir that led to kashmir jihad so kashmir jihad is a military problem so these there are two things so i keep on telling the bjp spokesperson on the television uh, debates also with 370 abrogation of article 370 you may claim from rooftop that everything is okay in kashmir it's not kashmir jihad is live and kicking my my, my soldiers brave hearts are being martyred almost on daily basis there and is very ironic they are dying giving their martyrdom right on indian soil defending our soil defending our people and property on the indian soil but in order to vanquish kashmir jihad we have to shift the war theater of this jihad across loc what does that mean we have to liberate pakistan occupied jammu kashmir and ladakh when i say ladakh ladakh is gilgil baltistan you talked about chitral i which i'm just connecting everything so our strategic imperatives in kashmir have to be next liberation of gilgit baltistan which is very strategically important for us you see galwan valley pakistan china china is not only trying to irk uh, to trigger you in kashmir because china has in mind has already taken cognizance of what indian strategists have in mind when we take gilgit baltistan back 
we get almost we get a land route to afghanistan into central asia to europe is very strategically important for us and it also breaks the pakistan china corridor entry of china into indian ocean via cpc is all is 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 again uh, we can talk about it some other time but it's again uh, revival of not only gate game is uh, not only cold war it's a combination of great game and cold war that you see in terms of uh, india confronting chinese most expansionism in ladakh and also confronting and containing uh, pakistan on the west so we have to have the target i wish we didn't have this kisan andolan happening i don't know i have a whatever bulletin understanding i have a strategy of fears i think we could have done a lot this winter in terms of reaching that goal so gilgit baltistan has to be our strategic import it's not just because gilgitstan belongs to us legally is because it's also strategically important and also the people of jammu kashmir the occupied jammu kashmir in ladakh they are today fed up with the pakistani occupation they were fighting their own wars niazi this imran khan when he came to pakistan occupied kashmir last year the local kashmiri muslims called him niazi go back go niazi go no matter that's his original name niazi and in gilgit baltistan let me remind you people i have uh, in in our himachal pradesh there are uh, sorry uh, in uh, uttar uttarakhand there are lot many baltis living there from gilgit baltistan hardcore sanatani muslims you you meet them you take pride in meeting them so they there in gilgit baltistan there in today in gilgit baltistan which is under the occupation of pakistan ordinary muslim gilgit baltistan shia families when they cook their dinner they prepare 5 6 7 8 chapatis extra as a better of ritual it has become a tradition there depending upon the economic stature of that particular family they make the extra chapatis you know why in anticipation of arrival of indian forces to liberate them and i think Gilgit Baltistan is a hanging fruit. That should be a strategic target, unless we shift this border, this theater, Kashmir-Jammu theater across LOC, make Pakistan bleed that it has been bleeding us for the past thirty years. We will not claim ever. We cannot claim that India is free from Kashmir-Jammu. Vocal Baltis have preserved a thousand-year-old Shiva temple there. trying to keep it away from the eyes of these islamist wahabis of main mainland pakistan so we have to reach out to them it's our civilization obligation to liberate gilgit baltistan immediately and i think we should i think i hope and pray that my those who are at the helm of strategic affairs they are on on the job they see uh, after the article 370 now uh, every legality is there in kashmir so can supreme court only declare that it was a genocide and secondly if uh, uh, army come uh, why can't we send our army with all the kashmir pandit and tell the, who were the people who supported the genocide and kill all of them uh, sir the, the last question is also connected to this yeah. uh, it was from nand kumar subram subramanyam or something he says is there an international model for resettlement of genocide affected communities back in kashmir or in india so maybe you can address these two together yeah, okay 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 that's very important question and supreme court about supreme court i am a lawful indian 
I respect law, I respect the constitution of India, despite the fact that this very constitution, under very this secular constitution, Kashmiri Hindus suffered genocide. Very Supreme Court of India, uh, with due honor, I've said in public platforms, Your Honor, you dismissed my plea. The Kashmiri Hindus had approached the Supreme Court of India, Honorable Supreme Court of India, with honor and dignity. See, we have this fear of uh, questioning the courts and the lawyers and the judges. I think as Indians, we have every right to question them with honor and dignity, not undermining the importance and the status of Supreme Court. Holding the high esteem, we must question. I'm a Sanatani Hindu. I question my God. I question I, I, every day during my conversation, my Shiva, I question my Shiva. So with honor and dignity, we went to the Supreme Court of India with a plea that please investigate the crimes that have been committed against us. You know what they did? The honorable judges of Supreme Court of India, they literally threw away our plea for our request and plea for justice. They say, where were you for the last 27? This happened three years ago. Where were you for 27 years? Where will we find the witnesses for you? This was Supreme Court of India, Honorable Supreme Court of India. With honor and dignity, I continue to question the wisdom. How could you do that? You're supposed to be the custodians of law, justice, human rights. Ultimate is Supreme Court. They did it. But I still have faith and hope in Supreme Court of India. The Supreme Court of India, if the state fails, we are putting pressure simultaneously on this government to take uh, formal, formally declare what Kashmiri Hindus suffered genocide. I also appeal again today, I do it on every platform, every time, Honorable Supreme Court of India, please take Suomoto cognizance of what Kashmiri Hindus suffered was genocide. You look at, uh, you look at Bangladesh, Again, I was on, on, a, on, a, on a seminar uh, anchor, anchoring a show the other day. The, one of the judges of uh, uh, Supreme Court of, uh, I think it was Supreme Court of uh, Bangladesh. I admire their political will. The Razakas, the perpetrators of genocide of Bengalis in 1971, who collaborated with Pakistanis in inflating the genocide of Bengalism. And by the way, the most of the victims were Bengali Hindus of Bangladesh, the so-called East Pakistan that we had abandoned Nehru and Congress had abandoned in 1947, right? This present government, Sheikh Hasina Wajid's government, she's so politically strong. They are trying the perpetrators after how many years? This was 1971. 50 years. After the genocide, those perpetrators are, some of them are 80 plus years old. They are being hanged. And my Supreme Court tells me where we will find the witnesses. Look, irony is, we don't know how many of our uh, fell prey to the jihadists in Kashmir, how many of us died. Government of India says 293. That's the that's official document which gave years ago. They have not even added on to it, which happened afterwards. Because... In, in, it did not, genocide did not end in 1990. It continued for many years till every Kashmiri Hindu left that place. Many had chosen to stay back in far, far-flung areas and villages. It is in India, right under India's secular watch, right under the Supreme Court of India, it has been left to the survivors of genocide to count their dead. It's our activists who are counting their dead. We have made a list of 1800 plus, but my activists have done it 
they have collected the figures their addresses their names and how they uh, and the and the situations in 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 situations they were in how they uh, they were uh, eliminated they were killed so i agree with you we have to create pressure and that can happen only by appealing people like you that's what i am addressing I'm, sangam talks is a very influential platform i expect people uh, to take cognizance of what we are talking about it and put pressure on the girls spring court of india to take shomoto court can you imagine this court i take pride in this court of my spring court of india they opened it in the middle of the night to hear the plea of that terrorist the jihadist menan meman in the middle of the court in the middle of the night justice supreme court of india opened up to hear the last to to save that guy from the gallows which those secular liberal try to do that but my plea the kashmiri hindus plea was rejected with the with the comment that why will we find the witnesses witnesses are there one of them is in in this uh sitting in uh, tihar jail finally and i'm looking forward to the day that these guys will be hanged and i'm sure they will be hanged i'm sure my people you people are going to come forward you come out and support me sir because it's not iip it is not about kashmiri hindus unless unless jihadists of kashmir are accounted for you will not be able to crush the growing islamist tendencies across india pfi so you talked about somebody talked about pfi you know their links yet we are feel, we feel handicapped what they did in chain bag they re, they repeated the same slogan of jinnah tera mera rishta kya la 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 but this time it was under the flag of uh, under tricolor they do not consider this spiritual land their spirituality their spiritual affiliation i have no uh, comes i have no uh, complaints about it you have spiritual uh, loyalties faith related loyalties with a different land please have that but your land is supposed to be this this is your birthplace you cannot be conditional indians so i cannot trust conditional indians i also cannot uh, what is going around in the world wherever the there is a substantial demographic change i warn you guys i warn my people of india this secular constitution will remain secular till hindus are in a particular particular percentage in majority the day this figure goes down this constitution will also change and you saw it when shabano case happened this constitution was changed only to please a particular segment of society and it was the ruling of supreme court the highest court the custodian of human rights and justice and law was ruled overruled by the constitution of india to please a particular community in shahbano case so can you imagine i also see one of the parliamentarians i have heard him i don't want to name him he said we could not say meman we because it's in the context because we talk about meman because we don't have that kind of collaborative approach and majority in the parliament of india so that man that that razakar who who comes from the family of razakars who inflicted genocide in, in hyderabad they wanted to be part of pakistan right so the his political agenda is based on the fact that he wants to have like minded people in the parliament of india to save people like uh, meman the jihadis like meman you can imagine what all he could be having in mind so therefore your constitution is secular 
as long as you we hindus are in a particular uh, demographic order in india the day it is reduced you will have kashmiris in every look and nook and corner of india i told you about uh, kerala jihadis died combating indian army in kashmir way back there is a very infamous case in which 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 carried on in the courts of kerala is called kashmir recruitment conspiracy case mind it they didn't put any jihadi jihadi name to it it's called kashmir i want all of you to go to go to go to the net and read this uh, read about this kashmir recruitment conspiracy case it was about recruitment of jihadis to fight kashmir jihad against the indian state this is deep south from deep south in kerala they came and no wonder the maximum contribution to islamic state from india is from kerala it continues there so unless you all get together think what india is undergoing what india is on hand please kashmir jihad is about gazwai him they have eyes on lal qila in delhi kashmir is a mere passage to capture delhi keep that in mind please uh what i what i interpret from your talk is that it was not just the islamists which occupied kashmir and led to the genocide it was as you say secular india it was also the government of india and to be very specific the congress government of all the 70 years that turned a blind eye successive governments i say i say successive governments have tried to undermine the genocide of kashmiri hindus i say even the last government of narendra modi government till 5th of august i think narendra modi will be remembered in the history forever because he showed the political spine what he did is momentous i as whatever little understanding of i have of history and a bit what i can envisage in future unless we take measures or we do something what we must do 5th august 2019 will go in the history narendra modi has made his place what all he's for doing for india that's a, that can be a, a political debate people political parties can have a debate on that but as an indian as an india for me my nation is more important if my india survives then you have employment there is economy there is everything if my india does not survive as a as a as a as a as a home to thousands of years of sanatan civilization civilization then my constitution of no worth so what he did in 5th august it has it has demoralized those forces it's not only about kashmir bringing trying to bring kashmir into the mainstream it has demoralized those forces who thought kashmir is gone next we can trade in somewhere somewhere in india don't forget don't forget 90% of those i have no calm or no hesitation in saying that because two nation theory is history is a fact two nation theory was what hindus and muslims cannot live together and those muslims who propounded those theory who worked on elected uh, fought elections on those theory those muslims cannot do not come from mars they not they do not come from arabia they were india born on what happened on 14th of august 1947 it was a test to tie touch their to, to test their loyalties you know what did they did instead when you talk about 18 1857 we fought together we fought together it wasn't we can talk about some other day but the test was 14th of august 1947 it was millions of india born millions indians they betrayed their motherland i call their great day of great betrayal 
They betrayed their motherland on 14th of August 1947, chose to follow Jinnah, Jinnah's two-nation theory in the name of Islam and created Pakistan. And ironically, 90% of them did not go to Pakistan. They stayed back. They stayed back. Muslim League that divided India, that added I to its suffix. It became Indian Muslim League. And some of the worst some of the principal proponents of idea of Pakistan, they stayed back, came back to the Indian politics, became parliamentarians. They are still called Babayakom in South India. And we tried to camouflage that because you gave history to some people who had no idea of Sanatri civilization of India to write the history of India. Everything was faked. Uh, it's, it's not only about Kashmir. You have Rohingyas fighting in Kashmir. One of the terrorists there, he's got it's called Burmi. They are they call it different. We can have a different debate someday, some together. What or who, which are forces are fighting in Kashmir? They are out there because they think this is part of the same Ghazwai Hind, Muhammad bin Qasim's Hind to occupy Kashmir. So please get up. We have huge challenges ahead with Article 370 gone. It's only half half the war. I don't say half the war, one. We still have most of the war to be won. And for that, I think it's a test for all of us.